Please join me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Old Testament. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evil doers evil, evil will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, though it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the teaching of my servant Moses, the statutes and ordinances that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd love to have a few minutes with the children. So if you're here in the sanctuary and want to come on up, I'd love to see you. And if you're worshiping at home, just get a little closer to your screens. And you can bring a friend or parent if you want to. Come on up. Good morning, good morning. Coming from up at the front and way in the back. Come on, Teddy. Bless you. <laughs> This is a sneezy time of year, isn't it? Oh, I'm so happy to see all of you. I know some of you have gone back to school or started preschool, or some of you even started kindergarten. Very exciting. You're in kindergarten. Oh, my goodness, y'all are getting so big. Well, I'm still learning things, too. I am taking banjo lessons. Do any of you know what a banjo is? It's kind of like a guitar, but it's round, and it sounds like, I don't know, or something like that. It's a little bit hard to play, so I tell people I take banjo lessons rather than I play the banjo, because I'm learning. But every Monday, I get on FaceTime with my teacher on my iPad, and we spend 30 minutes together, and I, I learn, and I practice, and... The more I practice, the better I play. But if I don't practice, if I don't keep learning, then my playing doesn't get any better. Sometimes I think about our hearts as an instrument that God likes to play. The purpose of the banjo is to make music, and the purpose of our hearts is to love. But we have to practice, and we have to learn from God and try to love people. And the good thing is the more we practice, the more we love like God loves. And God never gives up on us. God is always trying to help our hearts be more loving. So that's part of what I want to talk about today when I talk with the grown-ups is how God never gives up on us. And on those days when I think, oh, I can't play the banjo very well, my teacher will say, keep working on it. You can do this. 
And I think God does the same thing with us. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you designed our hearts for love. And you want us to be as loving as you are. And so thank you for continuing to teach us and show us and believe in us and help us to keep learning from you and keep practicing to make the beautiful music of love for the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, three, four, and five-year-olds can go with Pastor Maggie and Pastor Chris. Are you helping today, Chris? Yay! To Children's Church. All right, you can go to Children's Church. I think it's going to be fun today. I had the idea today, and if I were more creative and more crafty, I might have worked this out, but I thought about having a big banner up here that said, finish line. So all of us who are reading through the Bible together, and, or those of us who've been following along in worship as we've been reading the Bible since the beginning of January, could like walk across the finish line and everybody could cheer. Because here we are in the last book of the Old Testament, at least as far as our Protestant Bible goes. Malachi is the final word of the Old Testament that launches us into the Gospels and into the life of Jesus. So today is a good day to stop at the finish line and, and maybe look back at where we've been. What have we learned about the character of God? What have we learned about our own human nature? And what have we learned about our relationship with God? And maybe Malachi can be our little microcosm, our lens through which we can look back at the, at the whole of the story that we've experienced so far. Malachi is a short little book, basically made up of six little sermonettes. Six things that the prophet is speaking out against in, when it comes to the people. And I'm not going to go through all six of them, but it's things like the first one is, is aimed at Edom, at a foreign land for having attacked Israel. But the rest are aimed at the people themselves. The second one is aimed at the clergy, at the priests, because they have been bringing sacrifices into the temple that were not the best, that were kind of the worst of the herd instead of the very best. They've been cheating God, says the prophet. The prophet also speaks judgment against the people for their unfaithfulness, their unfaithfulness to God, their unfaithfulness to each other. The prophet speaks out against their neglect of the poor, the widow, the orphan, the alien in the land. It's very familiar. We have heard these kinds of judgments pronounced by all of the prophets, or most of them, that we've read so far. But also, like many of the prophets we've heard so far, there is a word of hope and a word of comfort. Yes, God is pronouncing judgment. Yes, God is displeased with so many of the ways that the people are wandering from the path that God has placed before them. But God, again, is calling them back. If you will return to me, if you will <clears throat> follow the way of life that I have put before you in the Torah and the teachings of Moses and the prophets, then I will be with you and life will be 
as it is designed to be, you will flourish and life will be abundant. But Malachi ends with that choice hanging in the air. What's interesting to me is that as much as Malachi is like all of these other prophets, he's speaking at a different moment. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, many of these other prophets are speaking hundreds of years before Malachi, most scholars will tell us starting in the 8th century BCE, pronouncing judgment. You are worshiping other gods. You're not being faithful to God. There are going to be consequences in all of those years with the Assyrian army coming in and the Babylonian army coming in and the prophet speaking into that moment. But Malachi is speaking hundreds of years later. Most scholars believe that he's speaking into the moment after the people have been returned to the land from exile. They've rebuilt the temple. They've rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. It's a moment of beginning and renewal, and yet even still, the people are not following the way that God has placed before them. And as frustrating as that is, it's also an amazing sign that God is not giving up on this people. God will continue to pursue them, to shape them, to be with them, to guide them, to pronounce judgment and hold them accountable, and nevertheless to keep working on them and keep inviting them back into right relationship with God and with nature and with each other and with themselves. You know, a lot of people talk about the Old Testament God as a God of judgment and anger. But if we stand here at the finish line and we look back at the arc of the story, we see something very different. From the very first moment that humankind turned away from God, God did not forsake them. God had placed Adam and Eve, the story tells us, in this garden of paradise where everything was right. They were in right relationship with God and with each other and with all of creation. And then they listened to the whispering voice of temptation coming through the serpent. And they decided to choose themselves and trust themselves more than they trusted God. And when they bit into that fruit, they saw and became aware of their own nakedness and they were ashamed. But God came to them and there were consequences to that choice. They had to leave the garden. The, the perfect relationship had been broken. And yet, God did not stand in the garden and say, go. And I turn my face to you. No. God clothed them and went with them into a life that was much harder than God had wanted it to be. We see it over and over again when Abraham and Sarah, God had promised that they would be the ancestors of a great nation and that they would have a child. And as years passed, they stopped trusting in that promise and they took matters into their own hands and they involved this poor woman named Hagar and it was a big old mess. And yet God came to them and said, I will still be with you. Please trust me. I will work with all of this and redeem all of it. We see the people of Israel after being freed from slavery in Egypt and they complain against God again and again. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I wish we were back in Egypt. What have you done to us, Moses? 
And when Moses is communing with God up on the mountain, the people within minutes get impatient and they make, they don't make him, but they urge Moses' brother to create a golden calf. And they start worshiping this God of their own making. And God is so angry and God judges them and there are consequences for that choice. And yet God gives them the law again and stays on the journey with them, never forsaking them. And so here we are today, the people of God, doing what we do, getting off track, losing our way, turning our backs on God and one another, failing to love, failing to live into the life that God has placed before us. And here is the prophet Malachi to reassure us that God isn't going anywhere. God is not finished with us. God is not finished with me. There is still work that God is going to do in my life and in your life and in our life together. And it's not always going to feel good. One of the things we see in Malachi are these images of, we hear it in Handel's Messiah, if you're familiar with Handel's Messiah. He, the day is coming, the one is coming, and he will come like a refiner's fire. And he shall purify, y'all know that solo. A refiner's fire burning away all that separates us from God and from each other. And fuller soap, which hurts. I'm scrubbing that fuller soap on. In a few weeks, we'll hear Jesus talking about the vine that, that gets pruned sometimes. There are times in our walk with God when we come face to face with our own sin, with our ego, with those things that get in the way of love of God and neighbor, and sometimes it hurts. I've had some opportunities recently in my life for someone, thanks be to God, to speak the truth in love to me and to say this decision you made or this thing you did was not consistent with who God is calling you to be. It was not made in love, but made in fear, made for other reasons, and ouch. My first response is defensiveness and excuse, but if I can set back and allow God to work in me through those around me who love me, I can grow deeper in love of God and neighbor. Father Richard Rohr talks about praying every day for God to give him one good humiliation. <laughs> Something that will bring his ego down and remind him of his need for God's grace and mercy and expand his ability to show grace and mercy and love. This is good news, my friends, that God is not finished with us yet. And if we can open ourselves to the work of the Spirit in our midst, in our lives, though it may hurt sometimes, the promise of God is throughout the Old Testament and the New. And we are about to enter into this story when that day that the prophets talked about arrives, when God is incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ, who will walk with us and show us once again the way of life 
and who will embody for us that forgiveness and mercy and unconditional persistence of God, which Bishop Carter calls in his book, The Relentless Grace of God. May we take a deep breath this day and open ourselves to that refining fire, to that fuller soap, to that grace of God, the love that will never, ever let us go.